Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Matthew Gavidia, Assistant Editor of the American Journal of Managed Care. In a prior study, nearly 7 in 10 employees indicated in a survey that the COVID-19 pandemic is the most stressful time of their entire professional career. Researchers from Lira Health, an employee behavioral health provider, recently conducted a study examining the efficacy of a cognitive behavioral coaching program delivered through video or phone. On this episode of Managed Carecast, we speak with Dr. Connie Chen, Chief Medical Officer at Lira Health, about the study, Effectiveness of a Cognitive Behavioral Coaching Program Delivered Via Video in Real-World Settings. Welcome to Managed Carecast, Connie. It's a pleasure to be here. Can you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your work? So my name is Dr. Connie Chen. I'm the Chief Medical Officer at Lyra Health and a practicing internal medicine physician. Um, a little bit about Lyra Health. So we are a comprehensive mental health benefit for employers. We support employees and their families uh, for everything from stress to suicidality. And really the core of what we believe in is uh, evidence-based mental health care. So we have over 3,000 coaches, therapists, and psychiatrists across the country and serve about 1.3 million people. And um, our pride and joy is to help people feel better. So uh, you'll hear a little bit about how we take an evidence-based approach to mental health coaching with a real focus on measuring the outcomes that um, effective treatment can drive. Can you discuss what is cognitive behavioral coaching and how it is implemented into care by Lira Health? So cognitive behavioral coaching is the combination of two really interesting uh, trends in the literature. So, you know, as the name suggests, Cognitive behavioral coaching combines the core tenets of cognitive behavioral treatment with health with coaching essentially so um, for those of you who aren't uh, familiar with cognitive based treatment uh, You know, it is a very well validated uh, mental health treatment that really focuses on the impact of your um, emotions thoughts and behaviors on, on how you feel And we leverage those frameworks and tools in the program to help clients understand how they might be feeling and what they might do to feel better. Now, even though those concepts are really potent and um, can be very helpful to clients, we do find that many clients do need the help of, of of that human connection. You know, mental health is just a very personal human thing. So we pair that with um, coaching. So coaching is um, a really interesting emerging movement of uh, folks who are not licensed clinicians, but trained, at least in our case, in accredited programs who really focus on um, forging that human connection, helping people stay motivated to stay in treatment, really, you know, helping them explore and understand what they might be thinking and feeling, helping them set goals and reach them. How was the study conducted and were there any findings that surprised you? Yeah, so this this was a really interesting study. It was a retrospective study uh, based on real-world live data. So one of the things that has been hard about the coaching literature is that while um, there are now a number of studies that have emerged in the space, 
Few of them are focused in the mental health realm. Most of them have been more focused in the health coaching realm. And the populations that are enrolled are, are quite heterogeneous. So, you know, prior to us doing the study and one of the key motivations was we weren't able to really find any literature about um, a coaching program that was focused around cognitive behavioral treatment for mental health and one that was done in a real world setting with employees in their families. So Lyra, because we serve so many employees and their families and, um, you know, we treat about 50,000 people a year across all our programs, we were able to leverage existing data that we had uh, for clients who had undergone treatment and do a retrospective analysis of um, people's pre-post um, clinical uh, treatment trajectory after undergoing this program. In the study, you and fellow researchers found that the cognitive behavioral coaching program exhibited significant improvements in stress and mental well-being of more than 80% of participants. What implications may these findings have for employers considering its implementation into the benefit design plans? So we were pleasantly surprised to see how effective the coaching program was. You know, to your point, about 80% of people who did the program showed improvement on either what we call the perceived stress scale. So this is a validated third-party measure of stress and the distress that it is causing on, um, on individuals. And we also use um, a, a validated measure called the Warwick-Edinburgh Mental Wellbeing Scale, which is, uh, which uh, captures well-being. And um, about 80% of people for all comers improved on either of those scales. And if you looked at the subset of individuals who came in with either high stress or low well-being, that number was closer to 97%. So people benefited significantly from this treatment. I think there's really three things that stand out to me in terms of what this might mean for employers. One is that, you know, coaching is really a very good fit for a large part of an employee base. We find that even though Lyra provides comprehensive mental health services, about 30% of clients are actually a very good fit for coaching as opposed to therapy. Um, there are a couple of things that employers might think about in terms of what this means. Coaching is a lower cost offering than therapy due to um, the use of non-licensed clinicians. So this allows them to provide broad-based mental health support that is really effective at a much lower price point. So that's one thing. The second is that, you know, there just uh, remains a critical mental health access problem in this country. In many parts of the country, wait times for an appointment with a therapist may, it may be four weeks to months. Um, coaching is a really interesting way, especially with literature like this that supports its effectiveness in an appropriate population to scale access and help people get to care really quickly. The last is, uh, is stigma. I'd say even though things have changed quite a bit in the last decade, there is still stigma around seeking mental health treatment. And we do find anecdotally that there are many clients who are willing to see a coach, whereas they would be reluctant to, to self-identify as someone who might need a therapist. So this is a really powerful modality for, for individuals to seek help um, in that regard. In addition to stigma, as you just alluded to, are there any current barriers to care that may limit the widespread use of this approach? 
You know, that's a really great question. You know, I am the results here really show that mental health coaching can be very effective for the right population. Um, one of the things I do want to call out is this question of what is the right population. So for Lyra, we put a number of safeguards in place prior to introducing this program to clients because we wanted to make sure that we were screening out individuals who truly needed higher, uh, higher levels of mental health care, either psychotherapy or medical treatment. So we only included people who we pre-screened with either a measure called the Kessler 6, uh, the PHQ-9, or the GAD-7. So we used some uh, validated clinical measures to exclude people who had severe symptoms that we thought warranted uh, treatment by a clinician. We also excluded people who had evidence of major mental illness, thoughts of suicide, or self self-harming behavior. So to your, it's a really interesting question as to what this means in the current state. You know, when this study, when this analysis was done, about 20% of clients who initially started in this coaching program would be transitioned to therapy at some point. You know, we have seen that number rise in the current time as people are, ex are experiencing extremely high levels of distress, including higher levels of, you know, thoughts of suicide and self-harm with um, everything going on with the COVID-19 pandemic. So whereas I think coaching is a really powerful clinical program, one of the important things for employers to think about is making sure that they offer a comprehensive suite of offerings because, you know, coaching, as, as, as interesting as this data is, I would say it's not clinically appropriate for everyone. As COVID-19 has caused a distinct rise in stress among employees, how can a cognitive behavioral coaching program assist employers in providing timely and effective care? Yeah, so I think a lot of the things that we're seeing from employees um, in terms of what they're struggling with with COVID-19 have been really great for um, the framework of cognitive behavioral coaching. So, you know, I'll walk you through some of the specific types of things that we work with clients on that we have seen quite frequently in the, the current pandemic. So, you know, I think there's, there's just a sense of what is going on is just really terrible. And, and you know, re and the reality is no one, it's not the fault of anyone. <laughs> so, you know, one core concept, for example, um, that the cognitive behavioral coaching focuses on is, is acceptance, which is just, you know, the current circumstances are out of our controls. And in, in some cases, you know, the best thing is to just sort of accept the current uh, circumstances and try to do our best. Um, another concept that cognitive behavioral coaching really focuses on that um, individuals find really helpful is, is mindfulness, you know, bringing people back to um, being non-judgmental towards themselves or others and to sort of be in the moment and not perhaps worry too much about where the future may go. We're seeing a lot of sort of maladaptive cognitive patterns with um, coronavirus. For example, you know, folks may um, wander into black and white thinking or what we call um, um, catastrophizing where, you know, you sort of imagine the worst case of everything that's happening. And I think helping individuals understand that that's what's going on can be really, really powerful 
because the next time they do that, they can catch themselves and say, wait, is that truly what I believe? Or am I sort of letting my imagination, um, you know, take things to a place where it is potentially possible, but not really the likely outcome of what's going to happen. And then finally, I think, you know, it's just a really tumultuous time for folks. And um, one of the silver linings is that people are spending more times with their more time at home with their families. And we're finding a lot of clients just benefiting from a lot of work around values. You know, what are the values that they care about and what, how do they want to use their time and what do they want to really accomplish with their lives? So those are just a couple examples of the types of um, things that our coaches are currently working with clients on specific to COVID-19 that uh, clients are finding really helpful. Are there any further studies being considered by Lira Health on cognitive behavioral coaching or other similar programs? There are. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier, this is such an interesting space for us because the literature is so thin. Um, there's quite a bit of literature on what we call computerized cognitive behavioral treatment, so CCBT. And then there's quite there's an emerging strain of literature around coaching, but it's primarily focused in the health coaching realm. So we do really feel like this is a gap in um, our current understanding of how coaching might be best applied to support mental health. Um, as each month goes on, we have more clients who sign up and complete care in this program. So the, the N of this first study was in the hundreds. Um, you know, we're hoping to, to, to look at our data and uh, write up results that look like an N in the thousands um, in the coming year. I think the other thing that we really are fascinated by is really trying to disentangle what really drives clinical improvement. As I mentioned, uh, this model is really a blend of two things. One is the digital uh, teaching around cognitive behavioral treatment, and the second is that human element of the coach. Um, as we're now collecting more data about how much clients are interacting with different parts of the cognitive cognitive behavioral treatment curriculum versus how many sessions they're doing with a coach. I think there's an opportunity to help uh, disentangle what effect um, is associated with which part of engagement. Um, you know, a sub-analysis there might be, um, as I was mentioning, there are a bunch of different concepts that we are teaching in this program. You know, what are the things that clients are finding most helpful and seem to be driving the most symptomatic improvement um, amongst participants. So there's a lot to learn that we're they're really excited to think uh, think about and dive into. And lastly, are there any topics that you want to address that have not yet been talked about? I think you know I did want to draw more of a distinction between um, coaching without the cognitive behavioral framework and the way that we've structured our our program. You know, I think coaching is a really interesting emerging methodology given its focus on sort of the connection between the coach and the individual. I think that relationship is, is very important in sustaining client motivation. It's really important in terms of helping clients set personalized goals and make progress towards them. Um, one of the things that we've always been cautious about at Lyra is, is understanding that um, that that can be a very open-ended approach. And, you know, our belief is that because we are using non-licensed individuals who don't have the same consistency 
and rigor of training as our clinicians do, it is particularly important to deliver coaching within a very well-validated clinical framework. So for us, that is cognitive behavioral treatment. You know, I think in the absence of more data, it is still unknown whether I think coaching without that sort of framework is 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 effective and appropriate for for mental health treatment. So I think this is an, an important step, but want to call out sort of some of the limitations uh, that that we still think about around um, where coaching might be appropriate versus um, the use of clinical treatment for mental health. Fantastic! Thank you so much, Connie, for joining us today. Thank you. To learn more about this issue, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.